for letting me stop by. Oh, I have a couple good applicants already, but you sounded so desperate on the phone. Oh, is that obvious? <laughs> Come on, Dad. Hi, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm your favorite co-host, Sergio. And You know what? I'm going to stop myself there. I think that's so clever every time I say that, but I say that all the time, and I feel like no one ever agrees, so I'm not being that clever. No, I'm sure I'm sure some people, some type, care for to What? I had a stroke, don't worry. Okay. Um, You're sure people are just jumping up in their seats on their car ride to work being like, yes, favorite co-host. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is um, podcasting is a team sport and you are winning. Um, Mook did send me a message saying that um, an old episode of ours made him laugh out loud in his cubicle. And that's like the dream for hosting a podcast. I think you're right. You know what I think the real dream is, Brennan? What? Is people pay us for high quality content via our Patreon. Yes, and that's actually a good transition into our 10-word reviews because you can find a 10-minute review, which is a longer uh, recording about the self-same movie we're going to discuss, on our Patreon. We have $2 and $3 tiers with varying prizes. Go check that out. Prizes? I don't know. Um, Varying rewards. Yeah, whatever. Um, Our 10-word review today is Ideal Home 2018, which I'm sure, oh, almost none of you have heard of, but we watched it, and my review is... Paul Rudd's face is review enough. Okay. End um, of review, yeah. So my review is, Paul Rudd plays gay and steals our hearts and our wigs. Is that ten words? It's ten words. Okay, great. I'm so proud. Yeah. It's exactly ten words. Wonderful. And honestly, that's the only ten word review we have for you because it's been a very busy week for the two of us. It's actually we... eleven words. Paul Rudd counts as one word as a name. Yeah, that, that's just how we do things, apparently. Um anyway so yes that um we want this is the third week of single white <laughs> i don't know why i can't do this right now um the it, heat yeah it it is really oppressively hot right now um yes this is our third week of anniversary month where we're visiting sequels and spinoffs and so forth to movies that we watched in the past year which means we're returning to one of my favorite months stalker month to watch the sequel single white female 2 the Psycho, which I guess could also be a sequel to Psycho, <laughs> because it's about as much a sequel to Psycho as it is to Single White Female. It's a sequel to nothing. Okay. Well, yeah, because none of the original characters are back. It's just one of those movies that has the same plot line. Yeah. Th- there's not even a newspaper clipping about Bridget Fonda's haircut or something. Haircut dies tragically in <laughs> fire accident. Yes, correct. Um, anyway. We rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. But first, here's the plot of Single White Female 2, which I'm sure you're just really curious about because you couldn't possibly have any idea what it's about. Mm -hmm. Um, When Holly Parker, played by A-list actress Kristen Miller, moves into her new apartment, she thinks she's found the perfect roommate, Tess Kosich. Do they have last names? Okay. Played by Allison Lane. A sweet and shy young woman who desperately wants to be her friend. But underneath Tess's shy exterior lies a killer. A woman who believes there's nothing sweeter in life than murdering a friend in pain. 
and Holly is feeling a lot of pain lately. What with her boyfriend cheating on her and her co-worker undermining any chance she has for a promotion. But Holly needn't worry. Tess will take care of her. For Holly is her friend. And for a killer like Tess, there's no greater reward than pulling her friends out of their misery. Putting their friends out of their misery. Dun, dun, dun. What was with that voice? I, I was just feeling it. Okay. I was just kind of like letting it happen. Yeah. It's like, this spring break, the guys from American Pie go to a funeral. It's American Funeral. R.I.P. Eugene Levy's character. Whoa. Is that what's happening? I mean, I wish. I think that franchise is truly dead as a doornail. Uh-huh. But that'd be kind of funny. And then yeah. his ghost shows up to get to be awkward. Yeah. Netflix, get on that. And, That's a pretty and, good um, idea. And say, uh, oh, what, what's his famous line from Bringing Down the House? Oh, you got me straight tripping, boo. Mm-hmm. And then it's a crossover and Queen Latifah shows up and she brings down the house. That really took a turn. Um, I'm happy that the voice inspires these <laughs> weird creative juices in you. <laughs> Thank you. But Brennan, what did you think of the movie? Um, well, if we're talking about scariness, I'm going to give it. Surprise, surprise, one out of five on scariness. Yeah, me too. Um, I think that literally the scariest thing about this movie, can you guess what I'm going to say? You're going to say her wig. No, but that would have been great. Um, I'm going to say it's the opening title card, uh, um, which we did, fun. we did share on our Twitter. Um, it's incredibly special. It's, it's not even a Windows Movie Maker title. It's like someone took MS Paint and just put some splotches of white on top of a shot of a house. Which, whose house is that? It was her house as a kid, remember? Yeah, I she guess. saw her mom die. Fair enough. Um, we really didn't need that exposition, but it came back for no reason, really. Yeah, it just looks like a terrible MS Paint collage that says single white female too. Look at our Twitter. It's incredible. It's so special. Um, but also, it was so low budget, like more low budget than anything I've ever seen, maybe. And I've seen a lot of... I've seen a lot of things. Brennan's seen some shit. Yeah, and so that was really, really uh, disheartening going into this movie because I knew it was going to be a bad direct-to-video quasi-sequel. But that, Not so soon. That made it seem like nuclear, just aw- biblical proportions of awful, which mm-hmm. the movie did not live up to the promise of that title sequence, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but it was rough. It was mm-hmm. rough. You were imagining boom mics in every shot. Yeah, I was afraid. Like, I was afraid the main character would be a boom mic in a scenes. wig. Yeah. Although, so, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I might have liked it more if it was that thoroughly a disaster because I really was delighted by uh, um, the title sequence to the point that I rewinded it three times to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, did you know, did anything try to scare you in this movie? No. Okay. Nothing was scary, really. Yeah. It was so formulaic that you were like, okay, this movie's... I enjoyed the movie. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. Don't let my uh, lack of fear <laughs> suggest that I wasn't enjoying myself while watching this movie, but nothing was scary. No, that's true. So let's move on to always my favorite segment, campiness. What's your score for campiness, Sergio? I'm going to give it a three. Oh my God, me too. Twinsies. So... Is there a campy moment that stands out to you? Well, really... I'm, I'm the, kicking up my legs and twirling the phone cord uh-huh. right now. I mean, not to be repetitive, but the title sequence really was pretty campy. Um, yes. Within moments, we were like, oh dear, this is just going to be a disaster. 
Um, I'm going to steal something that I know you're going to talk about. Sure. Uh, which is a newspaper clipping. Oh, my God. It's so special. Um, uh, I do have to give credit to me for pointing yeah. this out to Sergio. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, during the movie, uh, for really no reason, when you think about it, uh, our lead character, Holly, gets a newspaper clipping sent to her in the mail about somebody whose friend, about her roommate, whose friend in high school like died under mysterious circumstances. Well, it was like a suicide pact. Yeah. But she you know, just didn't keep the second half of that. Yeah. So her friend died under mysterious circumstances. Um, and uh, like the entire article is just like her friend dot, dot, dot died while killing herself dot 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 no no you go ahead sorry you're doing it bad because you're actually making sentences which this this article was not okay because you know how um in movies when a character is pouring through old articles and you see like highlighted snippets of the sentences you're supposed to look at like two bodies found like basement full of heads yada 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 this I, i think i wrote down part of the clipping actually let me see if i can find it the f- the entire this isn't this isn't the headline or anything. This is literally the first paragraph of the article. It says, "Dead student dot dot dot. She bled to death in school showers dot dot dot. Her friend yada yada yada. It's like, it's all of the stuff that a movie would just point out to you, but literally just written down mm-hmm. and in just the most banana sentence fragments in a <laughs> supposed newspaper article. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, Sergio. It's very special. Um, so when Brennan pointed out to me, I thought it was hysterical. What are some other campy moments? That's, oh, well, just their outfits were very mid-2000s. Oh yeah, it was, it was very Jennifer Love Hewitt in I Know We Did Last Summer. It like, was very walking onto the set of Desperate Housewives. I I never watched that show, so I'm sorry. Then you do not know my reference, and no, that makes me sad. That makes me sad, too. I like to know everything. Well, we can watch Desperate Housewives tonight. Oh sure, okay, um, but yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, this this movie, it does not toe the line of being a softcore porno, except in one scene with a hilarious saxophone. Yeah. Um, but the their work attire, like um, the main girl and her best friend Jan, um, who sleeps with her boyfriend, um, and they're like fighting for the same position. It doesn't make sense. It makes sense. Never mind. But they're, they're competitive. They're, yeah, they both are basically like competing to sleep with clients. And wear the most low cut top, and their boss is obviously gay. But I think Jan is still trying to get it in with him, mm-hmm. um, and with her Aeon Flux wig that she wears all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I listened to a podcast called "My Dad Wrote a Porno." Um, How is this related to that? Oh, it is. Um, the plot of that is uh, that the main character Belinda she works at a pots and pans company in that was sales. a bookstore. What? She works at a bookstore. No. Oh. Why would you know this and I not? Because you don't listen to that show. I don't know why this is related to it at all. Can't I just have some fun with this story? You're right. I'm sorry. But (laughs) the the ridiculousness of the porno is that a lot of the, like, sex in it is really strange because it's very Uh business-like. And people basically complete business deals via sex. Uh And I think that these women live in the world of My Dad Wrote a Porno. Oh, okay. And Belinda Blinked. Okay. Like, where... Like sexual bartering is the only way to close a deal, uh-huh. um, because there is not a single um, business transaction that's not dripping with weird sexuality, to the point that um, I'm pretty sure Holly tries to bribe her friend to get his boss laid 
um, in order to make him happy because he's supposed to review this restaurant that she's publicizing or whatever. Uh-huh. It is no, it makes no sense. But also, also great. Most of the side characters in this movie are just randomly gay. Like there are at probably four different gay men in this movie just kind of hanging out around the edges. And mm-hmm. I'm into that. I think you thought everyone was gay. But they were. No, they were. Like, she had that one friend who was not gay, and you thought he was. No, you thought he was. No, you thought he was. You were like, oh, yes, great, another gay. And no, just I said that because the... they were talking about his boss, who is gay. Because oh. he, he was saying, my boss hasn't slept with his boyfriend in a long time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Never mind. I thought it was wishful thinking on your part. No, I listen for gays everywhere I look. My eyes are peeled. My ears are peeled. My bananas are peeled. Some gaydar you got there. Yes. Um, but anyway, so the probably gay boss at this publicity agency, he is loving the drama between these two girls as yeah, they fight did. for the job. He truly was like, he was even throwing fire on it or gas on it. Flames, yes. gas on these flames. Well, he briefly turned into Ryan Seacrest when he was about to announce like who gets the promotion and what he did was the most like savage drama thing ever. He pretends he's getting on an elevator. So they both get on the elevator and I don't remember if he steps off or just doesn't get in Mm -hmm. and he says who gets the promotion right as the doors close. So they're stuck with each other for like 18 floors Mm -hmm. (laughs) after they find out this information. Oh, it's such a, it's such a survivor move. It's so good. Um, also there are a lot of floors to this skyscraper they work in because we know from a really long, um, exterior shot that pans up the building for about two full minutes. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've been rambling for a while. What's any other campiness for you? Well, one thing that it wasn't campy, but it was just, I guess, kind of poorly thought out was, uh, the newspaper clipping. I felt didn't really do anything for anybody. There's a lot of elements in this movie. This is no hand that rocks the cradle. There's not a lot of setups or payoffs. Uh-huh. Like, it was just inserted to, for, I guess, to be like, oh, you should be suspicious of this character, but there was really no payoff for it. Yeah. And also, like, we we watch her kill an old man in the hospital because she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. The only time we ever see her do her job and not just, like, sit at home being weird mm-hmm. <laughs> or go to the club literally called Sin. <laughs> that That was fun. That when she fun. goes there, and then she's, like, tied up. And it's, like, tighter, tighter, tighter. That was fun. That was fun. A- another scene that's just redoing a scene from the original, because they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't – would you call this good, bad? Like, was it fun to watch for you? It was well made. I don't know if I'd say that. It was competent, uh-huh. mostly. I think it was well made. There was nothing really truly bad. Save for the two things that we've mentioned. Yeah, we, we've talked about And that's only things. two. I guess, you're, like, the acting is... Is adequate. The acting is adequate. The set is fine. Um, the editing is fine as well. The music isn't terribly over the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a it's like a TV movie. It's thoroughly competent and uh-huh. barely rising above the level of being able to be noticed. Yeah, I could definitely have seen this on Lifetime. Oh, for sure. This is a Lifetime movie. 100%. I mean, it, it's not, but like, you know, that type of thing. Uh-huh. Um, anything else or do we want to move on to effects? We move on to effects. I mean, I don't know why we would because there are none in the movie. One out of five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- there's nothing as good as Steven Weber getting a high heel to the eye. 
Remember? remember yeah, I'm happened? trying to remember the first one. Earlier today, when I went like kind of dead in the face, it's because you mentioned Bridget Fonda, and I was like, who? And I was like, oh, she was in the first one. Yeah, that took me a second to register. It's because this movie is so different from the first one. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, let's compare them to the originals. Um, it, it's as different as it can be while telling the exact same story. Mm-hmm. Just not relevant to the first one. No, yeah. Like no details from the first movie did I need to remember for to understand this movie. Other than the fact that they're both single white females. Yeah. Honestly, it helps to forget details from the first movie because this movie just repeats that. Mm-hmm. So it, you'd, it feels like they're new if you've forgotten the first movie entirely. Mm-hmm. One thing that was fun seeing was how low rent prices were back in the day. Dear Lord, $400 for, a, for an apartment in the grand city of... It was New York, wasn't it? I don't know. They did do some city street photography, but I don't know specifically what city it was because I'm really bad at skylines. I think it's presumed to be New York just because of the fact that the way she opened up, the way the movie opened up was her telling us like, oh, we're just two single girls. Oh, my God. Living the high life in this city, trying to work and have it all or whatever. That was really weird. I yeah. was getting serious Sex in the City vibes, but more on the nose somehow. Uh-huh. Um, and that's when we just... We we really learned the true depth of terror that the their outfits and wigs would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, it's not a single white female movie if someone doesn't have terrible hair mm-hmm. because it has to be iconic for the single white female to copy. Mm-hmm. I will say, I wasn't entirely certain who the single white female was going to be for a little bit because it seemed like the girl was trying to get revenge on her best friend for sleeping with the boyfriend. Um, and... The the one major part where they kind of flip-flop the concept of the original is that the person who's being terrorized moves into the apartment of the stalker. Because mm-hmm. in the original, Bridget Fonda kicks out her boyfriend, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee moves in. In this one, the Jennifer Jason Lee character has the apartment that the other girl's going to. And that that's, that's just a fundamental shift in the power dynamic that didn't really work for me in terms of her being so needy. Mm-hmm. Because Jennifer Jason Lee literally needs a place to stay mm-hmm. in that movie. And that's not what happened here. And it, it was just kind of weird for that. Does that make sense? I see what you're saying. Um, I think neediness can come in many forms. And that just because she's independent and living on her own doesn't necessarily mean that she's not, you know, off her rocker. Uh, no, you're totally, you're right about that, obviously, because, you know, she is. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like just the. In terms of highlighting the power dynamic, this movie did not do as good a job. Just in the one detail that it changed, probably just because it felt like they needed to change something, Mm -hmm. they kind of undermined the whole thing. I guess that's true. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I guess so. I can see that. Sorry, I'm trying to like work my way through the logic of why her character did anything then, or why we were supposed to care. Oh, yeah. No, I, I remember literally saying when Jan walked into the apartment of Danger and Doom, um, I was like, I do not care if this character lives or dies. She's mm-hmm. been only horrible and I've barely spent any time with her except yeah. to make some sure Jan jokes. But beyond that, she provided nothing to me. Yeah, there was no um, like little innocent bunny that was killed in this movie. Everything that happened, you were like, okay, you kind of deserve this. Yeah. And the, and the boyfriend survives too, which is fine because he was mildly cute. He was mildly cute, and he didn't cheat on his girlfriend a second time. <laughs> Wonderful. S- such a paragon of excellence. Yes. 
<laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's your quality score for this movie? I'm Three. S- I'm sm- oh, okay. As again, like I said it earlier, as far as like being a basic movie that uh, fits checks all the boxes, it does that. Yeah. Um, I didn't fall asleep during the movie, so that was great. That A was plus great. work. Wonderful. Good job. Uh-huh. We're working on that. Um, yeah, for quality for me, I think I'm going to give it a two out of five. Um, because I don't think it rises above the level of adequate in anything other than being unintentionally funny. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I I had a much... This is very much a Deep Blue Sea 2 situation, although there was less me clapping at baby sharks and more of me just mildly enjoying myself. Uh-huh. But it was a lot better than I thought it would be. In that it just wasn't like barrel scraping God awful. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um what was your favorite part of the movie? My favorite part of the movie. Um I liked the part where they were um uh she was hosting a party for the her boyfriend's uh restaurant or whatever. Yeah, because he's he's opening a restaurant. And I don't know. We see him tending bar at one point, and it's mm-hmm. like, what is your job? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, if you're like a manager at a restaurant, you like fill in where you can to make everything just go that much smoother. Yeah, um, and you have to annoy people by saying, "Oh, how's your meal going?" Yeah, I. Um, sorry, tangent. Ahead. The other day, I was at a restaurant, and our food hadn't shown up yet, and the lady was like, "How's everything going?" And it's just like, "Uh, could be better, I guess. The food's not here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why do you care right now?" <laughs> It's like, ask me in 10 minutes when the food comes yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, yes, I'd like some ketchup. Yes. To eat while I wait for my food. Speaking of ketchup, which is red, uh, the single white female uh, shows up in a red dress. and in, in a moment as iconic as Kira Knightley in Atonement. Yes. Um, and it's a very similar looking dress, actually. Um, <laughs> they just dyed it green. And Jan, who is, I guess, the... What's, what are those people called? Ushers? Uh, Door woman? Bouncer. She, I guess she's a bouncer. She's the person with the list. That allows people in. She's like, no, you can't come in. You're not on the list. And then she's like, but there I am. I'm her plus one. And she's like, no, in that, that prom outfit, you can't come in. And I just thought that, that was fun. And th- they brought that back later. Yeah. Because she's wearing the red dress. And um, they were supposedly going to have Jan and Holly were making up. And they were going to have dinner together, which was all a lie. Mm-hmm. From the single white female, mm-hmm. um, but Tess is like, "Oh, I'm not staying for dinner. I'm going out. Like I have a prom to go to." Yeah, which was probably the funniest thing in the movie. Which is yeah, which is why I liked it because I was like, "There you go, Tess. Like you get yours. You killed Jan for being mean and denying you entry into this mediocre restaurant." Yeah, I wonder if like someone major on the movie was gay because it does seem like. With with the lady drama and with the amount of gay characters, um, that someone you know someone's on the team, right? One can assume. I mean, Hollywood's kind of like just falling, spilling over with us, swarming with them. Yeah. Um. Oh, the guy who directed it was a producer on Election. I mean, of you know the movie Election. Would you bury more? Oh, okay. Not not like the actual election. Okay. Um, he also directed several episodes of Oz and Dawson's Creek, so he is gay. Yes. No. Okay. I don't know. I have. I know nothing. Jon Snow. Um. But yes. So. 
It is so hot. What? My brain just keeps melting. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm just like trying to deliver that quality content that everybody craves. How much more time do we have to deliver quality content? Well, I think um, quality over quantity, you know? Mm-hmm. A shorter, better episode is probably better than one where we force ourselves to keep talking just to meet a time requirement. Mm-hmm. But also we have five minutes. so We have five minutes to reach 30 minutes? Yes. So how about, what do you hope for the next movie that we're going to watch, Brennan? Oh, do you want to know what it is we're watching? I do want to know. Okay. Well, first, here's how you can get in contact with the show. Find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast. Are we going to like keep talking for five minutes? Find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us, and give us five stars because of the amount of minutes we have left in this podcast. So, next week, I have to, I have to give the credits. Oh, and also our theme song is uh, A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. I have to give the credits before I tell people what's happening next week because that's something that keeps them listening. Um, oh, okay. Because if you finish the podcast and then do all the plugs, no one cares. <laughs> That's a real con right there. Yeah, the true. I'm the true single white female. Yeah. Bren's a master con artist. A scammer, if you will. Yes. That's a reference to Joanne the Scammer, which is something that kids really like and dig. Wonderful. A year ago. So, um, anyway, next week, we're going to be finishing Anniversary Month with When a Stranger Calls which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. So if you have that, check it out. Um, it is Prime Day today. Is it? Yeah. We should watch it right now. We don't have Prime, though. My parents do. Oh Well, I mean, like, today's the day you sign up for Prime and, like, great stuff happens, doesn't it? Or like it's a, like like a leprechaun jumps out of your screen. And... I don't know what Prime Day is. I don't have Prime. So do you know what it is? You <laughs> no. whose parents have Prime? No, they didn't tell me. Okay. It's the family secret. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, we're watching When a Stranger Calls Back, which um, stars Carol Kane again, but presumably in the first and last 10 minutes each, like in the original movie. Um, and it's directed by the same guy, but this time it's for TV, so you know it's good. Um, Do you know what network like desired it? That's a wonderful question, and I'm going to look that up right now. Is it like HBO? Probably not. But a friend of the show, Matt, I was just at his house and we had a great time and he showed me the movie Commando so I could prepare for Kill by Kill discussing Commando, um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, I'm familiar with Commando. Oh, okay. I'm Commando right now. Are you? Yeah. Okay, that's nice. Um, But anyway, (laughs) we, um, like, he's really excited for us to watch When a Stranger Calls Back because he watched it recently, I believe. And he was just really thrilled by certain parts of it. Because apparently, much like the original film, the only good parts are the beginning and the ending, and the middle part is kind of like, eh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You throw it away. But I'm kind of excited, partially just because that title is great. It was made for Showtime. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's it's not like Lifetime. Showtime is one of the higher premium cable networks that are available. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, like, you can never... You're okay. You're okay, Brennan. I forgive you. Okay. Um, But yes, so it was made for Skinamax, JK. Um, I think you can buy them together. Probably. Is Skinamax still a thing? Skinamax and yes. No, Skinamax is the porn one. Is it really? I don't know if that's its real name or just what people call it. I think Skinamax After Dark is referred to as Skinamax. Okay. I don't I don't have TV. 
Uh, this is 2018. Yeah, I know. I knew that when you compare Showtime to Lifetime in the same breath. I said it was, I was better taken, than Lifetime. Taken, taken, you don't even do that, Brennan. That's just something you don't do. But they, like, they rhyme sign, in everything. When you sign a cable contract, it specifically says you will not mention these two in the same breaths. But you're paying for both, so thank you. Yes. I'm just defending Showtime here. They gave us Shameless. The United States of Terra. They gave us that. They gave us Weeds. What they is gave us Lifetime? Smilf, which is actually super great. What has Lifetime done for us? Um, Almost nothing. They gave us that really terrible Mother May I Sleep With Danger remake. Yeah. And we saw that we in its entirety. Saw all of it. Oh, all the LA so skylines. Oh. <laughs> the LA skylines. Really, so many exterior shots in movies that are bad. Um, and James Franco was in it for two minutes sitting in a chair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What a terrible movie. Yes, We're was. never reviewing that movie. Um, you're welcome, everybody. So, um, well, we've reached our, our time limit, I think. That was the goal of my outburst, was really to just suck up time and to be extra wow, dramatic. okay. That's, that's wonderful. Um, actually, I, I'm going to tease a little bit. Next episode, we are going to be unveiling what we're doing over the next year or so of the podcast. We're kind of changing up the... Um, I don't want to say lineup, because that makes it sound like I'm getting rid of Sergio. We're, we're changing up the format a tiny bit. Um, Sergio staying, unfortunately for him. Ha ha. Jokes. Um, no, but uh, next episode we're going to announce a little bit of what we're going to be doing over the next year because we figured why not switch it up like right after the anniversary, which is exactly how this season two got started in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That's true. And if you're not sold on this idea, feel free to reach out to us and Brendan will make his tiny adjustments. Sure. Um, but we haven't told them the idea yet, so we've got to wait till next week. Okay. Okay. So just keep that in mind, I guess. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. I'm sorry this one's been so sweaty and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see you next week. And until then, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hey everyone, welcome to Eerie Earfuls. Every two weeks we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment. Who chooses rotates each episode. We explain why we chose the films and then proceed to analyze the two. Why did you pick these two movies? Because both sequels reference and parody the original. They're both werewolf movies, and both of the main characters feature disabilities. I wanted to pair two slasher films that were based on revenge plots. I liked the theme of misunderstood monsters. Fair warning, there will be spoilers. I'm Justin. And I'm Brandon. You can subscribe to us on CastBox and iTunes. Thank you for listening, and stay scared, everyone. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.